Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. On this side of the border, the House of Commons resumed sitting after their summer recess yesterday. And uh, it was uh, promised to be a rocket rocket session because the uh, opposition conservatives said they were going to really try to hold the government's feet to the fire in a number of things like pipelines, etc. But there was a surprise as soon as they sat down for the beginning of the legislature yesterday. My attempts to raise my concerns with this government were met with silence. And as I said in the House, the government must be challenged openly and for me to publicly criticize the government as a liberal would undermine the government and according to my code of conduct, be dishonorable. That was a former Liberal MP, Leona Alislev, who crossed the floor yesterday after that speech and became a Conservative, uh, much to the uh, joy, I guess, of, uh, of Andrew Scheer and the Conservative Party. Uh, raucous applause and cheers, etc., going up on this, and she's uh, actually going to be placed into the uh, Conservative shadow cabinet. Uh, so a lot of feedback about this. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it certainly does grab headlines, that being somebody who actually crosses the floor and changes political parties. Joining us to talk about this is Barry Kay, political science professor at Wilfrid Laurier University, uh, specializing in Canadian and U.S. politics. Hi, Barry. How are you doing today? Hello, Bill. Is this a big deal? Well, I wouldn't say it's a big deal, but it's a deal. It's a little deal. Maybe it's a moderate deal. Um, uh, certainly, uh, well, there's some interesting things about the, the background and, indeed, the writing of the, uh, of, of, uh, I hope I'm not mispronouncing the name, uh, Ms. Alislev, um, uh, in, in terms of her decision. Uh, look, uh, politicians are about ambition. Uh, self-interest is, is a concern for them. Uh, the writing she represents, and I don't want to suggest that she isn't sincere in all the things she said. She may very well be. Among liberal members, her background certainly suggests that uh, she probably was on the right side of the Liberal Party. Uh, she uh, has a background in the military. She has a background in business subsequent to that. Uh, but the writing she holds is actually was one of the most marginal, perhaps the most marginal. I'm not certain about that, but she only held it by 1% or 2% in a, uh, in a year that the Liberals had a big sweep against the Conservatives. Um, so she may very well have just seen the handwriting on the wall and put with her finger in the wind, if I can throw in a few more metaphors, <laughs> and suggesting that it was a better uh, better shot. We have an election coming up in the next year. So the intensity of the discussion and the narrative in Ottawa is only going to increase. And that she thought that, that perhaps this was a good time to, to, uh, to, to change horses. Um, the irony, of course, is that although... The Conservatives have been nipping at the heels of the Liberals in terms of we're, we're limited in number of public opinion polls. Nanos is the only one that's really been publishing polls mm-hmm. in uh, in recent uh, months, and there may be still some small biases there. But they, the the um, Conservatives and Liberals were virtually tied up until the uh, really up until around Labor Day, uh, and then a couple of things happened. The main one though was the departure of Bernier, um, and for, if I'm not even certain that's the reason, but it was coincident with that. All of a sudden now, the Liberals have opened up a big lead. In fact, for the first time in a long time, they're now in double digits. The poll I just saw this morning uh, had a 10-point Liberal lead. So that's kind of interesting. Nonetheless, um, she was in a very marginal riding because we're really talking about the, the, uh, the defection of her. And I think she felt that in that riding of Aurora, if one looks at a map of the GTA, and particularly the uh, rural areas surrounding the GTA, uh, Aurora's right at the edge of it. So virtually all of the ridings north and west of where she represents are already conservative. Her riding was won by the narrowest of margins, just a couple of points, I think. Um, uh, there's a couple of other things about her own background. She had been um, a parliamentary secretary and had been demoted. Now, that's not unusual. 
Um, the liberals or any party that's in power wants to kind of keep a lot of the backbenchers happy doing something. And being a parliamentary secretary is certainly a step on the way up to becoming a cabinet minister. Uh, however, at the last uh, time there was a, um, a, a shifting of uh, portfolios, she was moved out of it. Now, she may be, I, I have no reason to think that she's not a highly competent or an indeed principled person. But coincidentally, it just happens that politically her writing is very marginal. And uh, my hunch is that she probably felt that uh, the Conservatives would be a better vehicle to run in the election that will be you know, held in just, just a little over a month's time. Your your background on the writing, I think, is, is very important in this. Day. And, and I, again, she, as you mentioned, she may well have been exactly well-intentioned about this and for philosophical reasons, and, and I get that. Uh, but just added on to what you were already saying about that, uh, in the last provincial election, of course, this past spring, uh, the Conservatives won that, that riding handily. Uh, so you're right. I mean, it's it's going to be blue. I think she understands that. And uh, this could well be a, a matter of political survival. But if she is, uh, as some people characterized her, Barry, a disenchanted backbencher, uh, get in line. I bet just about every backbencher at some point is going to get a little ticked off with their government uh, because they're really kind of sitting on their hands, not doing a whole lot of anything. Yep. Well, that's the fate of backbenchers in our uh, in our system. Um, uh, there were, I guess Pierre Trudeau made that famous quote that, uh, that, that you know if you get a couple of blocks from Parliament Hill, Parliament's full of nobodies that nobody knows, and um, people in her situation are among them. She perhaps did feel that she was on a, a better track because she had originally been given the parliamentary secretary position, uh, you know, coming fresh out of the election. And I, I think she, she's well thought of because not all liberal backbenchers even had that. But she got shifted out of it because, in fact, they try to turn things a little bit and turn them over so that everybody gets a little chance of doing something. Um, but uh, again, I, I can't read, you know, read her mind and to suggest whether that was pivotal or not. If I was advising her, however, I would have certainly suggested that the, uh, even though the liberals have moved up in polls in the, in the re- most recent weeks, that indeed the conservatives are probably a better ticket for the future, but partly because of the provincial results. But rem- remembering in the federal election, the liberals swept just about everything, and not just in the city, but in the GTA. There's only a couple of, of seats here and there that in the entire GTA area, the greater Toronto area, that in fact the, uh, the Liberals didn't take. Um, and, um, well, anyway, I, I, don't, I don't want to cast aspersions on her personally without knowing too much about it. However, from the background, from the context, I think the Conservatives were the smarter move. Well, and it's got some people scratching their heads because I know that she tweeted as late as uh, July, third week of July, uh, that she was proud to be part of this Liberal team as we head into 2019. And you wonder if there was any single incident that maybe put her over the top. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, look, uh, there's always a bit of trolling going on um, in, in terms of Parliament. People develop friendships a little bit, not so much as in the old days, across party lines. And indeed, there may very well have been some um, conservative members who become friendly with her, just sort of checking out to see whether she was discontented or not. Sometimes uh, they, it wouldn't have started with Andrew Shear making an approach to her. It would have started with little hints here and there. Uh, that's the way it normally happens. This doesn't happen all that often. It's certainly not unprecedented. Uh, Belinda Stronach, uh, Eve Adams, certainly there's a couple of others in the, um, interestingly, uh, coming from writings, well, one, one, I guess um, Adam was was in um, Mississauga, but uh, Eve, uh, the, it's the same kind of area Belinda Stronach was representing. Mm-hmm. The area where, in fact, the it's, it's a, as Toronto is very liberal generally, except for a few downtown areas where the NDP is strong, but when you start moving up north of the city into York region, especially around Aurora, uh, that indeed though that is a swing area where if the liberals 
are vulnerable anywhere in the Toronto area, that's the first place you look. And the election results from 2015 would indicate that her riding especially was like that. But there may well have been some other Conservative members who sort of detected the fact that she was not too happy with things. The fact that you say when you're in the Cabinet or the caucus now for the Liberals, you say nice things about the Prime Minister, of course you do. What else would you expect people to say? Yeah. The Prime Minister wants to make a visit to your riding, you say something nice about him. Um, the comments she made today, criticizing the fact that Canada's international position is slipping a little bit, perhaps so. Certainly, things have not gone swimmingly for the Prime Minister generally, which underscores that other interesting phenomenon, which, in fact, you would think the Liberals would be slipping. And, in fact, if anything, just in the last three weeks, they're moving upward. Um, and maybe that has to do with this. I, I don't, I'm not sure that, um, that Scheer has made a, a huge impact in Parliament either. But we're going to be heading toward an election campaign in the next 12 months, and, and things will become interesting. Well, there's, there's there's really no net gain here for the Conservatives, really, is there? Because, I mean, Bernier left, and now she's get, basically going to take his seat. Yeah, I think the problem with Bernier isn't just that he left. Um, it's that, in fact, because I'm not sure at the moment that I see a huge success for, for Bernier's movement. And we'll see. You know, I, again, I could be surprised. The, uh, the illegal... Um, uh, refugee issue or illegal immigrant issue may resonate more than it, it has in the uh, than it has in the past. The problem with Bernier for the Conservatives is that the uh, the party's going to lose a certain number of votes if there are People's Party. That's the name of his movement. If People's Party candidates running against them, they're not the People's Party isn't going to win in very many places unless they've got an established MP like Bernier himself. I have no doubt Bernier is very popular in his own area. The Bose. Um, and his father had represented that riding. I have no doubt that he will hold his riding. And there may be a few others, particularly in Quebec, that have similar views. Um, at the moment, I don't see any mass movement toward Bernier. But the fact that just the party is, is bleeding votes, that is the Conservatives are bleeding a few votes to the Bernier's movement, becomes a problem in, in, in marginal ridings. Let me, let me say the NDP's got a similar problem in British Columbia with the Greens. The Greens mm. are picking up, particularly on Vancouver Island. And it's not that the Greens are going to win so many seats, but they're going to probably, or it seems from the polls right now, they're starting to bleed enough votes away from the NDP that the NDP will lose some of those seats to other parties, perhaps the Liberals. Yeah, and, and therein lies the problem. I, I agree with you. I don't think the People's Party is going to win seats aside from Bernier, but if they even take two or three or four percentage points of a vote in a riding, uh, those are probably votes that ordinarily would have gone to the Conservatives, so they need to be concerned about that. Sure. I mean, that's what that's why the uh, Reform Party split from the Conservatives back in the in the 90s basically gave uh, Jean Chrétien a free ride for a decade. How do the voters react to something like this, Barry? Is there a pattern there? And you've, you've mentioned some of the more high-profile people, Eve Adams, Belinda Stronach, and others that have, have walked across the floor. Uh, I'm just doing this off the top of my head. I, and my impression is uh, that usually doesn't go well in the next election. The voters seem to say, well, again, I, I voted for you because you were a party X, and, and now you've switched. I'm not so sure I'm, I'm enamored of you anymore. Yeah, it didn't, in those cases, I think a really strong person, that's why I've no doubt that Bernier, uh, Bernier would be very strong in both. It's not as popular as I think he is. There's a family tradition there. If you've got a really strong um, local member uh, who's got strong name identification, I think it can transcend and he can bring people along to his party or his movement or whatever, uh, what, whatever it is. I think in the case of lesser-known people, I don't know how strong Ellis Lev is up in Aurora, my hunch is she was new in 2015, and I don't think um, um, she's all that well-known. I don't think people are going to go with her just on that basis. However, in her case, uh, the party may be enough. Um, so I'm not sure. I, I don't think that she would win Aurora for the conservatives based on the fact that they believe in her more than the liberals. However, 
She could have very easily lost the last election to the conservatives, and it may well be that now as a conservative that she'll be okay. So I, I, I wouldn't bet against her in that writing, given the, the numbers at the moment, and she must have made the very same calculation. Uh, but in the more general situation, uh, only if a, a, an individual is especially strong and well-known with a, um, a personal kind of constituency, as Bernier does, um, does in fact, uh, is, does it translate uh, into being able to switch having the, the candidates switch the, the constituency on their own. Uh, well, how does this impact the liberals then on the other side of the floor? I mean, they've lost a member right now. It's certainly not going to have an impact on the majority. The, the numbers are pretty significant there. But on the other hand, uh, you, you've already seen some of the blogs now, but aha, this is the first of a lot of, of you know, dissensions and cracks in the, in the system, etc. Or you know, do they just carry on? Well, they'll just carry on. Um, by-elections are perhaps an even better indicator. Uh, the, uh, the conservatives picked up that seat in Quebec in Chicoutimi, which was a surprise. Um, uh, there probably will be around, uh, anything's possible, some speculation that we might even have an earlier election called in October, um, based with the rationale being around the, uh, the NAFTA free trade issue with the states. I'm not so certain about that. If not, there will be a few by-elections that will be held, including the, uh, the one involving um, uh, Jagmeet Singh for the NDP in Burnaby. Um, and that, indeed, I think if the liberals should do let worse than expected there, that would be a much more significant matter. Look, this is a new story for today. It's the opening of Parliament. It's sort of the story of the moment. There was some surprise. They were able to conceal the... Uh, there was no rumors of this ahead of time. So they were able... The Conservatives, that is, were able to play it pretty pretty effectively. Uh, I don't think we're going to be talking about this a week from now in terms of being a hugely significant matter. If there were a pattern of Liberals losing by-elections, sooner or later, some of those by-elections are going to have to be called. There, there's a bit of a delay. Um, that um, I think that would be much more ominous for the liberals heading into the in terms of losing momentum heading into to next year's election it's still 12 almost 13 months away so it's not like it's tomorrow uh, there, uh and we've seen that on a number of files certainly including carbon certainly including the pipeline um perhaps also with the refugee issue the liberals seem to be somewhat sort of floundering and feckless interestingly though the conservatives haven't really there, there certainly are, are circumstances such that we might think that uh, it's a great opportunity for Scheer to have really shown that he's a much more stronger, effective policy proposer than, uh, than the prime minister, because the prime minister hasn't been that effective. That said, he, it, 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 isn't, it hasn't happened up till now. And ironically, in these last few weeks, in fact, the conservatives have started to slip, as has the NDP, and the, the liberals are up. I mean, based on those numbers in today's, um, today's Nanos poll, uh, the liberals might very well win a majority. Uh, up until recent, uh, up until this last one, I would have thought at best it would probably be a liberal minority. But you know, again, we'll we'll see. There's still a year, but till the next election. And and obviously, there are still a couple of balls up in the air right now. NAFTA being one of oh, them, and, sure. and any kind of a deal there that uh, that looks like it's going to be advantageous to Canada uh, could only enhance that position. Yeah, that, I mean, that's another matter I'd love to talk about another day. Um, but yeah, because I teach American government too. Um, that indeed, I think. In that particular sphere, I think Trudeau has played it effectively. He, is, he does seem to be standing up to, to Trump. He's not allowed, going to allow himself to be bullied into meeting what now, there was a deadline at the end of August, now there's a deadline for the end of September. All the signs are that he's not going to be pushed uh, into uh, making agreements that he thinks are bad. I do think at the end of the day, if there's any kind of agreement, the Canadians are going to have to move a little bit and give allow Trump some kind of bragging rights about victories. He can claim victories over pretty modest, you know, uh, token kind of concessions. I think at some point uh, a little bit is going to have to be given, quite possibly in the area of um, of, of, of dairy, uh, you know, the, the marketing board for dairy. But, um, but 
in general, I think that perhaps is Trudeau's strongest card at the moment politically, is that he's not allowing himself to be bullied by the uh, by the Americans, by Lighthizer as the representative of Trump. Well, we'll see how that goes in Washington today. Always a pleasure, Barry. Thanks so much for this. Thank you. Bye-bye. Barry Kay from uh, Wilfrid Laurier University. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.